Hey, welcome to the podcast. Katrina here. And uh, listen, if this is your first episode that you're landing into the hype pod, you've got to know that we're calling this the emergency episode. Um, reason being is there's quite a bit of news unfolding with Silicon Valley Bank. And so we're releasing some of our content out of order. So make room for this. You'll also hear that the audio might be slightly different. We didn't have our gear like we typically do to record and, and even our typical schedule. So you'll hear that. So just some context to the audio in the episode. I was actually at South by Southwest as the news of of SVB had released. And so all of the stories that I was getting firsthand from the folks who were dealing with it actually had been basically living in their hotel room from the moment they had arrived on Thursday night all the way till Sunday morning as they were dealing with whether it was their own bank run or advising founders in their portfolio to do the same or not to do the same. And so um, I think this is going to be a great episode for you if you are new to the space or maybe you're very aware of it and you're determining how you feel about what's going on and determining your next move. You're going to hear uh, the team's take on this. So here you go. Emergency podcast. All right, we're rolling. Are you recording? Okay, good. Cool. Yeah, we're rolling. Emergency pod. Alert, alert. Silicon Valley. Here we go. We're, we're in, in trouble. The, we're in the news. Houston, <laughs> we have a problem. Not only is uh, things happening in the news that desires uh, deserves, sorry, an emergency pod, but the fact that we are recording right now and there is no power in our building no. because it's, of this atmospheric when, when it, river. When it rains, it pours. Yeah. Man. For context, we are set up with a battery-powered field recorder that we have put together so that we can make this happen. So it sounds different. It's not our usual podcast Don't blame gear. us. Don't blame me. Blame the grid. <laughs> blame PG&E yeah. uh, and their fragile grid. But we did this for the people. The people want to hear our take. We there keep pushing go. through. There you <laughs> go. There's at least four people demanding this. There's at least the, the Freed family. <laughs> Shout out to the Freeds. Yes. Um, want to hear our take yes. on the SVB debacle. You know, that would be cool yeah. actually just sidebar is if we can get questions i'd love to read people's questions or even if you you know we're not live how are we gonna get questions oh for the next episode oh if you have any responses or questions you want to send us like a voice memo or an email how do they do that give us some instruction right from the start well you can email us at podcast at hype pod or no hype network.org um you can say that again because that was really unclear um yeah i'll (laughs) cut that out um (laughs) podcast at hype network.org you can email us a voice memo we can play it we can maybe edit oh, that in. That could cool. be really cool. Or you just send us an email. Um, and if you're not on the network, I mean, you just get on the email network. I mean, if you're not on the network, yeah. why? Yeah. That's my question. Get on the network. The network is growing. We're just in New York. We're just in Miami. Yes. And it's fun. It's fun. This is like pioneering days, I feel like. We are making friends. <laughs> we are making a lot of friends. <laughs> We're making ground. There, is, um, yeah. there are friends that are definitely more serious than others, I will say, <laughs> about this whole entrepreneurship game. Yes. And, um, yeah, yeah, I love both cities, but you know, one city is more serious than the other. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I want to do an episode <laughs> called net New York and buy my, no, I'm just kidding. No. I'm say buy my wow. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't hey. say it. No, it'll be good. And I, I feel like I could talk for days about the experience at South by that was really interesting. Oh yeah. You were in Austin I will save too. That. Oh, That's give right. us a quick highlight. Cause you did go to South by yeah. last weekend yeah. you, after New York, Miami, we came back to Silicon Valley. You went to Austin, Texas, South by Southwest. Yeah. What was your hot take? Um, that Austin needs Jesus. <laughs> yeah. 
I could have told oh, you that's that why without we had a church there, South of Bud. course. Oh, yes, absolutely. Like it, it gave me great vision for what we're doing to have come through so many conversations in New York and Miami and to keep articulating what we're doing through the network. Yes. Um, and what this is going to grow into and why it felt like such a mission field then to go to South by and see that there are there's a ecosystem, right, of entrepreneurs, founders, et cetera, just co- convening around the idea of creativity and innovation and then seeing that there's not one clear mission that brings everybody together and which is why it's a little chaotic to be honest so what brings everyone together Um, because it used to be a music festival yeah it used to be music and film and is it still that it it is yeah and there's comedy i mean the whole point of it is very much austin where it's like a convergence of creativity like austin has been and it's actually going through an identity crisis right now with all the tech coming in and depending on who you're listening to they'd probably say that like all the people who like to complain about san francisco left san francisco and went to austin and miami right and so um that's happening there and so if you talk to somebody who's from austin they're saying that austin's going through an identity crisis because it doesn't feel like the keep it weird austin anymore or maybe it's the coming of age it could be, maybe. But it you when you walk around Austin, it does feel like it's changing. It, it's going through a change. Like the there's lots of construction happening, et cetera, et cetera. But South by just overtakes everything. Yeah. And so there's so many missions. There's so many identities. There's so many types of things that they're trying to converge and create this conversation around innovation, creativity, et cetera. So the innovation track, though, I think started about 10 years ago. And so that that's really cool. I and mean, it brings a lot of interesting people together. Um, networking, like you have to have an agenda when you go. So mm. like it just really overtakes the city. But the, I think that the, um, the most interesting thing about it is how, um, well, I guess my hot take from it was I put Vive Church and Hype Network on my badge and that created so much really fun conversation. Nice. Cool. And really the, the question always was, uh, a question always was, uh, are, are you really a church? Like, <laughs> did you come, you came with a church? Like the church on your badge, is that really like your church? Like people were fascinated, they were really fascinated by it. And the idea that, um, we're investing into innovation was really exciting to them. So cool. met some cool people. Um, yeah, I feel like I've got to synthesize everything that we're going to do. But I will say, if I could plug it here, that Amen Conference, Hype Sessions at Amen Conference is going to be wild. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Oh, we have plans. <laughs> <laughs> Next level. So, I mean, I'm Maybe the emergence excited. of a Hype House. Yes. Hype House. Yeah. Hack at the Hype House. Hey. Yep. yep. Now get we're the, talking. Get your pitches Amen together. Conference. Yeah, all that goods. So good. So, yep. uh, however, we are in an emergency situation here. Yeah. There is the lights are off. It's dark, and uh, we are still pushing forward under battery power. So we do not have that long. The lights are not off because our accounts were connected to SVB. By the way, no. Um, <laughs> it's because of the weather. But let's talk SVB because that really is the topic that we want to tackle today. We want to talk about something uh, astronomical that happened over the weekend. It's yeah. still very much playing out. Something unpredictable. We were in Miami at the time when the Crazy. news broke, and we're at uh, Hype House Miami. Actually. We were. At- we're at Hype House Miami yeah. and literally just a little bit of an emergency uh, came across because there was a run on SVB Yep, and the government stepped in, insolvent. Wow. Unpredictable. Crazy. Vance, talk us through your reaction. Yeah. So Thursday, uh, the news started breaking um, that Silicon Valley Bank's stock was 
dropping dramatically. Um, a little bit of background. Ultimately, what happened is that between 2020, 2021, SBB had some of the best months, years of their history going from great growth, like sub a hundred billion in deposits to like 180 billion or so Amazing. in deposits. Um, and they couldn't write loans fast enough to get the return on those deposits as banks do. That's how they make money. Right. They're actually only required to literally keep 20% of deposits in their account at any given time as regulated by the government, which is, by the way, kind of crazy <laughs> um, that that's just the minimum requirement. Uh, in saying that, because they were not able to write loans fast enough to primarily Silicon Valley Bank rights to startups loans, they ended up taking a big tranche of their deposits, so about $80 billion, I believe, and they bought a 10-year mortgage-backed security uh, note. Mm-hmm. which was yielding about 1.7%. And back then, you know, just a couple of years ago, really, in a no interest, zero interest rate environment, 1.7% is great. You're yeah. beating the market, right? Uh, little did they know, and, you know, this was kind of unpredictable for everybody, what ended up happening is that we're not in a zero interest rate environment. We're in four or five, we're getting into 6% interest rate environment. So that investment, $80 billion investment that they made completely got devalued. If they would have waited fully into maturity um, of that investment of the 10 years, they would have stood to lose billions and billions and billions of dollars. So they decided to... Uh, just kind of cut their losses, mm-hmm. uh, make a trade that resulted in a $2 billion loss, which triggered Wall Street shareholders to freak out, dump their stock, right? That probably triggered a lot of automated trades Correct. and things like that. Um, it was plummeting 60%, 80%. Um, and because of that, people were losing confidence in Silicon Valley Bank as their banker. And this is where the catastrophe, I believe, actually happened. I'm not an expert, um, but I've been impacted, you know, directly because this is one of our banks. We're diversified, so that that was good, but we were a little bit close to the situation. And I have a lot of friends that, you know, primarily only bank with SVB or work for SVB. The catastrophe happened when, you know, this loss of confidence and all of a sudden a few prominent VCs pull their money from SVB like Thursday right. into the morning of Friday. And within like, I don't know, 12 hour span, there was enough people pulling their money from SVB that the government deemed it right. a failed bank. They must have went under um, the, threshold. the threshold of being able to fulfill on these withdrawals. And the government took over headline Friday morning as we're coming back from Miami. Crazy. SVB fails, right? <laughs> government takes over, FDIC takes over, and it is just mayhem over the weekend. Mayhem. We're on a flight, and <laughs> yeah. his Vance on the Wi-Fi on the flight trying to intervene and get things happening. You know, I, I think, look, here in the Silicon Valley, you can't really swing a cat and not hit somebody who's affected by this. Right. Um, you know, everyone around you. Well, either 50% knows- of startups and VCs banked with SVB. And that's crazy. That's the Silicon Valley. Yeah. And even if you didn't personally bank, you knew somebody that right. had an investment in there yeah. or right. mortgage with there or something because it was the 
was and let's let's just say is the Bank of the yeah. Silicon Valley yeah. because we have got the the government kind of trying to resurrect it and bail it out. So so I think there's a couple of things that I want to really touch on with this uh, because this was completely unpredicted. Yes. When it's a bank. Now, now I mean, we can 16th go back. 16th largest bank in the world, 40-year-old yes. bank. Crazy. Yes. We can go back even to that play, you know, on the treasury note, right? And you can say 1.7%, that seemed to be a safe target yep. when, when interest rates really low, but – but we also knew that the government was stimulating the economy at a rapid rate, spending money the government didn't have. Right. Inflation had to come at a rapid rate to pay that back. So I, I'm, I'm surprised that people didn't see this coming with a longer-term vision. Sure. Who are professionals in the industry, to be honest with you. Uh, I am definitely not an economist uh, by any measure. I'm definitely not uh, – I have never worked for Goldman Sachs. I haven't worked for some of the big banks. I have, I'm not an expert in this field, but – Almost feels like Blunt Freddy could have seen the fact that interest <laughs> rates were going to peak sometime post-pandemic, but it didn't seem to really uh, have en- be enough to, to cast the warning signs. However, what we have is the reality that one of the major banks failed in fine, fabulous fashion Crazy. in 24 hours, <laughs> yeah. much due to – Peter Thiel or uh, yep. maybe it's social yep. media. Social yeah, media. And we can mm-hmm. talk about that. But – Let's talk about from the basis that you have banks with the ability to innovate. Right. Banks can take money that's not theirs. Yep. They can gamble with that money. Right. And you've got people who are literally seeing the bank as securing their money, a safe bet, but then you've got the bank doing risky bets. At what point does innovation become instability? Right. And can you innovate and still provide stability? Yeah, it's interesting. We heard um, a leader recently say, uh, you can't, you, you can have, um, you can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. Yes. That was a great quote. Yeah. And it's interesting. I do think that risking, innovating, you know, sometimes we conflate risk and faith um, in the, the Christian world, right? So I am a big believer in that. I'm a big believer that those characteristics um, lead to growth, lead to progress. I guess it's just about context, right? Um, I don't know if I want my bank innovating. <laughs> right. I don't know if that's the context in which I want innovation. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, this whole thing is really interesting, right? Has people flooding to JP Morgan Chase. Yeah. Yes. You know, there's all these startups that are, it's so interesting to me. People are forwarding me these things. I see people posting things. Oh, this new startup that has like extra insurance and extra security. And I'm like, this is not a time (laughs) where I want to go to a startup. Yeah. I want right. to go to J.P. Morgan Chase, run by Jamie Dimon, mm-hmm. that Jamie Dimon is not getting run on. Right. This man this guy, <laughs> will not. He'll run over you. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, you want $20 million? He'll give you $2 million and kick him out of his office. <laughs> like, he's, there, nobody's running on J.P. Morgan Chase. And that that's the thing, right? It's kind of like, no, like back in the day in the Silicon Valley, it's like nobody got fired by buying IBM, right? It's right. like when it comes to a bank, I don't know if I want innovation as much as I want security. We definitely want security. And, you know, 
does the bank have to innovate? I think they're maximizing their shareholder dollars. It's not the deposit dollars that they're bringing back. I mean, the interest rates are built off loans, right? Um, and and loan interest. So that's where you know when you deposit your money there, that's how you get interest on your money holdings. Yep. But they also want to make money hand over foot because they've got shareholders right. that are exactly. needing a return and needing exactly. an upside. And so you're right. But outside of the bank, if we generalize it, beyond a bank, is is there too much innovation that creates instability? And I think you said it. I mean, it's, it's an essence of control. Right. And we know that speed, the more speed, the less control. You know, when you're driving a car, the faster you go, the less control. When mm. I was preaching at a church on the weekend, and uh, this guy's going to laugh because literally we had to get from one service, we had to get across town to the other campus to preach, and we had to do a 30-minute journey in 25 minutes. Already I was like, uh, how are we going to do that? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> man, this pastor was breaking every law, and literally wow. I, I was terrified for my life. I'm like, bro, slow down. I was getting car sick and uh, I, I was feeling, man, at this speed, we're going to lose control. Mm. And it's the same maybe with the rate of innovation. Is there a healthy rate of innovating that you still have a measure of control? Or is it just open? We just innovate. Well, there is this popular sentiment um, and philosophy within the Silicon Valley uh, written by Reid Hoffman, um, one of the found founders of LinkedIn, which is blitzscaling, right? It's this idea that it's all about speed. It's all about taking market share as fast as you can because the slower you take market share, the less of an opportunity it actually is. Right. Because if you can actually take market share and you can take market share swiftly, um, you become the category king. And when you become the category king, you consume all of the profits, right? And so I do think it's a little bit in the air of the Silicon Valley, this idea that, you know, go faster, go broke type of right. mentality, right? Um, whether that's right or wrong, you know, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I think because what we see on the flip side, and I love that idea of speed to market, you know, to get as much market share. But what we actually end up playing with on the other side of it too is there's a lot of personnel, Oh, yeah. Uh, job losses, uh, people who put their faith for their job, not just their investments into these companies that are innovating. And at what point do you have a, uh, a duty of care, right, to, for sure. to the workforce and those kinds of things? So, so I think there is a um, potentially what we're seeing out of the bubble of the innovation era that we're in, you know, where stock market was going crazy. We, you know, have cryptocurrencies, we have AI, we have so much progress and so much innovation and money flowing, uh, like so easily towards startups and founders that people are getting, people are making bets on some pretty crazy stuff, but yeah. you know, Hey, there's money to be thrown around. Let's throw it around. Is that catching up now? Is the speed totally. of that innovation now bringing things to a, to a bit of a halt where, it, it almost feels apocalyptic around here. It it, it does. Like and it's matched with the weather. <laughs> it is really. And I just saw out. a pack of seagulls out there circling. Yeah. I'm like, what it's is like going on? It's like really dark in this room at the same time. Yeah. It feels like doomsday is come. But is there, you know, getting beyond all the superstition, is there, I think, some checks and balances that these seasons teach us? Oh, yeah. Along the way, and what are those for all the innovators listening? Yeah, all the people who want to accelerate and speed and company. What do you build in? Maybe they're safeguards. Like, 
I think what we're learning is the tried and true uh, idea of don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's a good one. Okay, so diversify. Diversify. Simply, what we found is that people lost note of that idea, or was that as a principle? That principle to not put all your eggs in one basket. And literally, people were stuck because all of their finances yep. were with one institution. Yep. That is <laughs> the classic idea of putting all your eggs in one basket. Yep. And those who were less stressed, obviously still stressful when you've got millions on the line, but had diversified funds where they could still draw a payroll or they could still yeah. you know, implement business, pay for things, do business as per usual because they had a diversification of funds. Yeah, risk management is a great lesson, right? Um, the FDIC insurance actually only insures up to $250,000 per account. And so if you have more than that in any given account, you just got to know it's uninsured. And so you want to spread that as much as possible as just like a tip to business owners out there and innovators. I, I would say this, I would say that we went from a super bullish season where it was getting a, a bit crazy, where the sentiment was and the philosophy was grow at all costs. Right. Because people saw companies like Uber um, spend lavishly, um, spend uninhibited, mm-hmm. and it worked out. Right. Like it kind of luckily worked out for them, <laughs> right? Where yeah. you just remember those years where Uber was just like, burning money hand over fist, but it was just about taking market share, taking market share. And, you know, ultimately they had to fire the CEO for just that got too crazy and they brought in a professional to bring it to profitability. But ultimately it it did kind of work out for Uber. And I think people use that playbook and they, they try to make that a sound principle and it's just not right. And so you start seeing an era in the Silicon Valley where valuations are no longer tied to any sort of sensibility or real business metrics. Mm. It's tied to slide decks, <laughs> right? And right. it's tied to, to narrative. Yes. And I do believe that that season has transitioned into a season of better, more sound first principles yep. um, an understanding of, you know, pathway to profitability yep. an understanding of ROI. Yep. These are like, basic business principles that you would learn. Can I ask you a question on that? Because what responsibility then, or how can you speak into, again, I'm coming from the context of us building this network and we keep building it on the idea of relationship and connection. Yes. And so is there, can you speak at all into any responsibility that could have been when you're talking about diversification where the community of VC and their startups was, was there, language or mentorship that could have been, you know what I mean? In, in, um, guiding them to that diversification. Why were there so many startups only banking at SVB, you know, why was there such a, why was there such a bank run? (laughs) Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, why was was the bank for the Valley, right? It was the, it was a progressive bank that was funding startups. Yeah. Okay. And leading rounds or, Oh, even more than that, it was, uh, you know, you have a lawyer in the Silicon Valley and yeah. he's like, oh man, you got to do business. Yes. Or you have a board member who has been doing it in yes. Silicon Valley Bank and they're like, hey, you, you need to go to Silicon Valley Bank. So it was definitely the bank for the Silicon Valley. And yep. whether you're in board meetings and you're getting mentoring, yeah. obviously they're going to mentor you with what they're doing. So the flow on was automatic. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And to every founder's defense, there was no reason to question that. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no reason to question Oh, should I actually not 
you know, put all my money in that bank. Uh, one Actually, SVB, in some situations, it was a requirement to bank with them. Yes. Is that everything was with them. Oh, okay. So yeah. they limited wow. diversity. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe that should be a flag, but who knows? In hindsight, sure. it's yeah. great vision. But I do, I do like what uh, Vance, you, you were talking about, is that this is actually bringing more control back into the market. Yeah. It's, it's – we're not just – I mean VCs, we – VCs are not just making bets on a nice shiny slide deck. Right. Uh, with a cool idea. It's like, okay, cool. What's your business plan? Business plan is now taking precedence so good. again, which is how it yeah. used to be, <laughs> right. but right. we lost our brains and it was like, oh, I just like you because yeah. uh, of likability or presentability or pitchability. That's really what was getting funds rather than you know someone who might have been probably no ability to necessarily pitch a polished presentation, but they had a really robust business plan, putting bets back on that. It's so good. And, you know, it's it's ironic because we call our network the hype network. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's because our understanding of hype is different. Yes. Right? Hype is not fluff to us. Yeah, tell hype, hype is hope. Hype is um, rooted in a substance. Um, and for us, it's rooted in a substance of relationship with yeah. sound counsel. Um, and so, you know, in that we are uh, aiming to redeem the the word hype so that it's not just fluffy air. Um, but in the, uh, the unhealthy use of the term, that's for before kind of the, the dip of May, 2022 of the stock market up until then, that's what the, the Silicon Valley, not even, I wouldn't say this region, the startup community was starting to get addicted to. Um, yes. and it was, it was detached from reason. Right. Yeah. yeah. And our, our understanding of hype is we want to encourage we want to build people up. Exactly. We right. want to come alongside people who have an idea, who have a focus, and they need some partnerships. That's what partnership does. We 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 start to hype each other up and go, yes. we can do it. Put belief in people, uh, which is which is important. I think you know to your question, Katrina, when we talk about the hype network and we talk about the the diversity, that's what we are doing with these hype networks. Mm-hmm. Is we're broadening our horizons. We're making friends in different spheres. We're connecting uh, people outside of their own circle and getting them to a diversity of relationships right. across the across the country, mm-hmm. eventually across the pond yep. in different spheres. I think what we are learning, not just from having a diversity to your bank account, but what if you had a diversity of products? Yes. What if you had a diversity of investments? Right. What if you weren't just, uh, investing into crypto, but you were investing into real estate mm-hmm. and having, we call it rods in the fire. We use mm-hmm. this all the time. We've got all these rods in the fire and we, we're seeing which is heating up in different season. Not all rods heat the same at the same right, time. Right. Not every market is up. You think about uh, commodities. Commodities are up right now, but there was a season where commodities were low. You wouldn't have invested in commodities at all. But it's about how do I have a rod in commodities? How do I have a rod in medical? How do I have a rod in education? How do I have a rod in all these things so that given the season, which is impossible to predict, I don't care how, how uh, experienced Berkshire Hathaway is or all, any of these, these tried and true investment companies, they can't predict. They just have rods in all those places so that it looks like they predicted the next up. Yeah, I like what you said there. And I, I do like how 
I believe wholeheartedly the hype network is starting to create those key connections because you don't have to be a subject matter on all those things to be diversified. Right. It's just basically you have to have a guy. <laughs> yeah. Have a we, guy. We, we got the crypto guy yeah. in our community. Yep. And so, you know, I had a, a, a deck come my way the other day and I just forwarded it to our crypto guy. And right. I said, hey, what do you what do you think about this company? You interested? Yeah. Type of thing. Right. Um, we have a real estate gal in our world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that any kind of, you know, opportunities for real estate. She's she's kind of the gal that we, we had gone to. You know and what I so, love? I love have a sailing boat guy. Oh, you know when let's you get talk a, about that. <laughs> we're talking about that. having a guy. So good. Uh, yes. I love having a boat guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, do, a, I do. I do too have now. A boat guy. You know, I also <laughs> I also like to have a uh, a cabin guy. Yeah. Uh, yes. If there's someone there that the has ta- a cabin, Tahoe cabin guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I if mean, you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> you're the guy. Just just having yeah. having those people for I, sure. I think though what you're saying because I find it interesting that this was the first Twitter fueled bank run. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? And, and so as we're talking about this, it sounds like what you're saying um, is we've got community and we're establishing community and there's yes. a realness and authenticity to community. Whereas it feels like there's this um, kind of a facade of community with Silicon Valley or with this space. Interesting. And I, if I think something is launched out of a Twitter post it seems more like a whistleblower situation you know what I mean and then everybody responded and started calling so it doesn't feel like though you it feels like a community talking on Twitter often it's actually just people announcing things and broadcasting so yeah I, I, I'd love to hear well, what you I think, think on that is there true you know, I don't I don't know I'm, if it's whistleblower okay I mean you know what we do we do love to do on this podcast yeah let's go to the uh tinfoil tin hat section <laughs> yes okay. we need a sound effect tin for the tinfoil yeah, yeah, yeah for the yeah. tinfoil hat section yeah, we <laughs> people need... love this section the, the the four listeners that we have they've told me <laughs> i mean this is their favorite section yeah and uh because they're tinfoilers as well <laughs> and uh you 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 called it uh whistleblowing well i, I wonder if it's vendetta Okay. I mean, Vince, let's let's talk about yeah. the, the Peter Thiel. Effect. So Peter Thiel, give him some background. Is, and, and this is not me, people. This ain't me. I'm just reading Twitter, <laughs> and people are saying that Peter Thiel was the first one to withdraw his money, or one of the leaders. And um, whether him or his firm, Founders Fund, started the domino effect by telling their portfolio companies, and word started getting out. You know, all of a sudden, it's on every signal, Telegram, WhatsApp channel. Get your money out, get your money, get your money out. Everybody is kind of tracking it towards Peter Thiel. Can you explain um, why would Peter Thiel yeah. possibly have yeah, anything so against the Silicon is, Valley? If this is tinfoil hat section. Yes. It is. Um, which it is. <laughs> it's interesting because uh, Peter Thiel, um, 2016, uh, opened up Trump's campaign, mm. right? And I remember, I don't know the details, but I do remember this sentiment where ultimately he was pretty crucified by it. Um, you know, we live in the Silicon Valley, uh, very blue, very blue area mm-hmm. in a very blue state, obviously. Um, and so Peter Thiel doing something like that obviously would be big betrayal, um, probably <laughs> to many people. Uh, and he was really, he was really criticized by it. It's interesting because I've heard a couple of recent podcasts from, Peter and he goes hard on the Silicon Valley. He says, "Yeah, you know, it's and I don't really agree with him on this. I agree with him on a lot of things. I love his book Zero to One, by the way. 
but he he says um, that that is the next demise. Silicon Valley is the next city to demise. There's actually literally a podcast with like a million views talking about it right now. Right. And, you know, he, he talks about because Silicon Valley lost its way, it builds silly apps, it doesn't build important things anymore, you know, things like that. Got too and, woke. You know, I think he's speaking, you know, probably from a place, maybe from bitterness. I don't As know. an enemy. I don't yes. know him, so I don't know. But if I were him and I got crucified for something, yeah, I'd probably feel those feelings for myself. In saying that, <laughs> you know. It's interesting, though, that he called the demise, and then he leads the run on the on the bank. <laughs> yeah. That's called? Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> Silicon Valley. So yeah. that that is my tinfoil hat hypothesis. <laughs> no, because here's the thing. This is why this is, why this is interesting. Because why it's did you have to tweet about it? That exactly. That's my point. Like, where's the responsibility to? And that that. was actually the catastrophe. It was. Yeah. So people are saying that the Silicon Valley Bank debacle is similar to 2008. I actually don't agree. 2008 crisis was because the underlying asset that the loans and the financial system was underpinned by were trash assets. Yeah, but literally, like, if you watch the Big Short. Exactly. Um, and obviously, it's a hyperbolic um, representation of it, but literally, dogs were applying for homes. Yeah, getting credit cards <laughs> getting That's cre- right. in you know? their cat's name, and so yeah. and so that was that was like not a a great asset. SVB actually had the assets. Sure, they right. were in bonds. They were in mortgage-backed securities mm. with the ten treasury notes. Treasury notes. So, you know, it's not like. SVB didn't actually have solvency and didn't have the assets. And so the catastrophe wasn't the $2 billion loss. The catastrophe wasn't even the drop in stock price. The catastrophe was the run on the bank that was influenced by really influential people that people follow. And they just couldn't, they couldn't meet the draw. People were drawing it out. So, so, I mean, I I think, I think you actually put a pretty good argument. That ain't too conspiracy <laughs> theory when you line up all the uh, the components there. Uh, but it is fascinating that some one person who obviously has a significant amount of influence right. can potentially, if this is the conclusion, that someone could potentially bring down a bank, a That's banking crazy. system. That's crazy. Uh, with their level of influence. And this is what we see is an – I probably – an unpredictable component of the of the market is the social media effect. Mm. Yes. Social media has got so much sway and importance and significance in we know this is stock market, we know this in the crypto world. Elon modeled this. Elon, Elon could just as well. he could just tweet about a, a coin Dose. and yep and then <laughs> there'd be a run on it. We saw it with GameStop. Yes. Uh, with Reddit. Wall Street the, bets. The social media component really plays a significant and I dare say still underestimated component in the economy of the United States and dare I say the world. Yeah, it's really wild. You know what's crazy is that um, as we're recording this, news came out today and the new CEO of SVB, just to kind of round out the story, Mm -hmm. and and my team was on the call um, just giving me updates and reports about it. He was instilling a lot of confidence in people that SVB is open for business. Ultimately, what happened is that the government bailed it out. Right. Um, so Sunday, they announced that they're going to secure all deposits. But more than that, they announced that they are fully in business. They're yes. honoring all 
uh, loans. They want to write more loans. Mm -hmm. Like aggressive the other way of just showing confidence and security. And um, this is like even more than FDIC insurance now. SVB, the entity or whatever it is right now, is banked by basically an unlimited bank. Unlimited bank, the <laughs> government. The government. The only entity that can print its own money. So in a weird way, SVB just became one of the most secure places again. Yes. <laughs> so here's a little hack. If you're looking for a loan, apply at SVB. SVB. Because they're, they're writing they're, loans right now. They're writing loans. That's literally what he said. We're writing loans. We're, we're taking money. And if you want this to exist, don't draw out your money is what, exactly. what he said. Exactly. Um, how would you, people who are new to this topic, as they're listening to this, what, how would we, how would we round this out? What would you say? Mm. How do they need to hear this? How do they need to process this? Because I'm hearing conversations of people comparing it to like, you know, FTX, right? And there's like a fail. It's I, Obviously there's a fraud on one end and this is, there's no fraud here, but right. how do they process this? What did they take from uh, this particular I'll, conversation? I'll say this. I'll say that what I want to make clear for whoever is kind of hearing this and also receiving the news about Silicon Valley Bank, yeah. right? Unfortunately, that bank is tied to that supercharged term, Silicon Valley. And I personally love the Silicon Valley. I love where we live. I love the people that we serve here. I love being here. Mm -hmm. I, I do believe it's a place that birthed incredible companies that billions of people use. Um, I, I don't think that Silicon Valley at the end of the day will ever be marked by financial engineering, which is what Silicon Valley Bank is, right? It's forever going to be marked by innovation. It's forever going to be marked by, especially in these chaotic times, and it's not just SVB, a lot of other macroeconomic forces, wars, all that type of thing, is leading us to a very um, similar macroeconomic outlook that we had in 2008. But in 2008, WhatsApp was launched. Yes. Pinterest was launched, right? Um, Stripe was launched. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so some of the most innovative companies in the world actually get cultivated in chaos. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that would be my takeaway for people. It's like, like a first principle truth is that I think a lot of times you can look at chaotic moments and you can cower, but that's actually when something is cultivating. If we were to you know, switch on faith kind of right. pastor hat, that's the Bible, right? That's yeah, and I can give Bible you some definition it. between what those two people are because in this moment, every opposition is an opportunity. We know that. And there's two types of reactions. A lot of people will become very hesitant, hesitant in investing, yeah. hesitant in starting something. Hesitancy will definitely fill a lot of people because uh, they were ignorant, they were betting blind. Right. They were literally just caught up in the rush of Silicon Valley and the the thrill of it. And it was almost gambling, just throwing caution to the wind. Yep. Those people will be hesitant. On the other side of those who are hesitant, there'll be people who will be cautious but smart. Good. They will not be risking it all or, you know, all chips in. They will be smart in their plays and hedging their bets and really – in many ways, uh, walking forward with a caution but a confidence. Great. And I think these are the lessons to learn. This is what makes mature 
people in business yes. is these moments. Actually, some of the killers that are out there who are making good money and uh, investing in good companies have just lived through these moments mm. and they didn't get caught up in the hype of, you know, what was happening in the world and the run on it. They actually did smart plays and didn't do all chips in. So good. I love that. Yeah, I really believe if we talk about it from an investment standpoint, the people that are investing now are going to get the best returns. Yes. Prices are more realistic. Oh, my gosh. Founders are more sober. People have never been more focused. Yeah. And so this is definitely the time to not cower, um, but to walk with a cautious confidence. Mm. I think that's a great lesson. Yeah, so emergency uh, pod yep. lessons. I like that one. That was uh, good. We're learning. Great. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see even just in the next few months, what ideas come out of this season. It'll like be fun said, to watch. Which, which innovations come out. Yeah. Yep. Bring them to the pitch day at um, Hype Sessions oh, at Amen Conference. Yeah. Put your ideas together now. Get your pitch ready. Yeah. Get your pitch ready. 